Amen. Praise God. That's so good. You can stay standing. I'm Forrest Buckner. I'm the, the Dean of Spiritual Life, one of the campus pastors here. And it's a joy to worship you, to chapel community worship together. This first chapel community worship of the year. They, in the back, y'all, actually, if you go to the way back, there's seats with screens. You can see that. That's cool. If you want to sit back there, that's actually some good seating in the, in the, in the balcony back there, we're calling it. <laughs> hey, a couple things you got to know as you come in here, all right? So you can grab a seat real quick. Grab a seat real quick. Here's a couple things you got to know. First of all, you are welcome here. Welcome here and who you are, whatever you are, whatever your background, wherever you come from, wherever you think about who you are, whatever your skin color, whatever your story, whatever your nation of origin, you are welcome here. You are welcome here as you. All of you, you are welcome here. That's the first thing. The second thing is you are welcome here to worship God as you would. There's no rules here. You want to stand, you want to clap, you want to jump, you want to scream, you want to kneel, do it. Be you with God here. There's no one's judging, no one's watching. It's a community looking to God together. Here's a couple things I want you to know you cannot expect and expect at chapel community worship, all right? Here's one. Don't expect easy answers to life's questions, all right? Don't expect easy answers to the complexity of life. That's not how it's going to work. But do expect to hear and wrestle with God's truth as we see Jesus lifted up in this place. All right, that's what I want you to expect. Second thing is don't expect everything to be like you're used to. It's not. It's not going to be how you used to, but do expect to have things that are familiar and unfamiliar in this space. Cultures that are like yours and cultures that are not like yours. Language that's like yours, language that's not like yours, maybe, as we sing and pray and come together. Expect both familiar and unfamiliar, comfortable and uncomfortable. Don't expect to, that you're going to agree with everyone around you. The point isn't agreeing with each other, but do expect to be part of a community of people who are looking to trust and obey and follow God with our lives together. And lastly, don't expect that, that to, be, to find one partisan perspective on politics here, but do expect to be challenged to live with God as king over all of our lives, including our political approaches and decisions, and helping ourselves do that well. Most of all, I want you to expect to come here to encounter the living God, that's what we do every Tuesday, Thursday. We come in this place to encounter the living God who has come to us in Jesus, who meets us here by his spirit and transforms us as we worship him. Let's stand and continue to worship him. Praise God. You may be seated. All I can say is, wow, it's a whole lot of people. We welcome you to chapel today. Our first chapel of the year. And you can be, that's right, go ahead and clap. Ah. As far as said, all are welcome. And this is where you meet our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Y'all know Mama Beans don't play. When I say amen, I mean it. Amen. amen. So here are a few announcements. Kickoff of Hosanna, blessed be the rock. Hosanna tonight at 945, right here. A wonderful place to be. And then awake, wake up, awake. Starts tomorrow at 930 in the hub, in the multi-purpose room. We especially want to highlight life groups as an opportunity to grow in or explore Christian faith with peers and a staff or faculty mentor. Students are often asking us how to find a mentor. We have 27, say 27. 27. 
We have 27 wonderful men and women mentors who are leading groups this fall for the next eight weeks. It's only eight weeks. And you can sign up with your friends for a time that works for you. And by the way, Mama Beans is starting a women's Bible study tonight, 5 o'clock, in the, in the conference room. Be there, be square. Okay. Um, okay. Sign-ups close on Thursday and groups start next week. So please visit the live groups page with the Whitworth Chapel website to sign up today. This Thursday, in our normal chapel service, we celebrate and pray for this year's students who are serving in the broader Spokane community, including those serving as student teachers in Young Life, the Dornsife Center for Community Engagement within Christo, in church youth groups, and YFC, and much more. And if you are in one of those groups, please come on Thursday so we can pray for you as you enter into your service this year. Today is 9-11. And I want us to remember as we go into prayer that there are still some that are hurting, still wounded. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, today we come. We come with humbled hearts because there are many hearts that are heavy and broken and weary and still filled with pain. But you are the healer and the comforter and you are the king. Help us to realize it's not what we have in life, but who we have in life that matters. Help us to realize that we matter to one another as sisters and brothers. Help us to pray for one another, and we pray for those families of 9-11. Remind us how vulnerable we all are. Help us to embrace one another, respect one another, to pray for one another. Help us to comfort one another, and help us more than anything to love one another as you have loved us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Steffi. One, one thing, this is our first worship service in this new space. I mean, how awesome is this? This is so great. Come on, a little cheer for that. So grateful. So grateful for the amazing generosity of incredible people and incredible construction workers who have taken care of us and made this thing happen. So we're here together. Here we go. A great year together in this space. Hey, this semester, we're, we're looking at continuing our tradition of looking at a gospel every fall, one of the four gospels. This year, we're on the, the rotation on the gospel of Matthew. Gospel of Matthew. Now, if you, if you, we're going we're gonna to dive into the Gospel of Matthew, but we want you to know that we're not, this is not a class in the Gospel of Matthew. We don't get to look at every verse. I'd recommend Josh Lyme's amazing class in the Gospel of Matthew, so you can do that. But what we get to do is look through a certain lens, and the lens we're looking through at the Gospel of Matthew comes from Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. I came to fulfill the law. So Jesus comes and shows us that and through the, the, the whole Gospel of Matthew, we're going to be looking at various stops along the way of the ways that in Jesus' teaching and actions, he redefines righteousness, redefines what it means to be right with God and right with others in this world as he fulfills that law in his person and his teaching. That's what we're going to be looking at, redefining righteousness together. And every week, come and, and see in different ways that Jesus redefines that for us in, in, our, in his teaching and life. But before we dive into that, our text today, I think it might be, might be appropriate and fitting to have a little quick summer update. Uh, summer was a great, a great time for me and my family. We had all kinds of fun, some great trips. Uh, my wife, Janelle, and I have three children, Esther, Bella, and River. I think we have a picture up here. 
coming up for the there's us and um, Esther's eleven, Bell's nine, Rivers six, and we had a lot of fun this summer, including some priest lake camping. River caught his first fish, and we cooked it on the campfire and ate it, and it was delicious, and that was super fun. I got to go to Israel uh, with a group, group from Whitworth, which is an incredible privilege and to learn and grow in all kinds of ways. We'll come out, we'll share some stories this year for sure. And then my family and I got to go back to Scotland where I did my PhD for three years. We got to frolic in the heather right there. And we, so we lived there for three years before we came to Whitworth, actually. So we still have friends and community and church there. And we have one more picture, I think, of us. Oh, yeah, and we ran into Carter Hudson while we were there. It was that's a treat. Some of y'all know Carter with short hair. Maybe hard to recognize there on the teeter-totter. So much fun. All right, we're going to take everyone. You, you all, I'm not the only one with, with stories. So I want everyone to just turn around to someone behind you, not next to you. You're sitting next to your friends. Turn around to someone behind you or in front of you. 30 seconds, give your name and a highlight from the summer. Ready, go. Bring it back in. All right, bring it back in. Well done. Excellent work. Okay, so I'm just going to pause those conversations and continue. And when, when we're done, we're heading out, you know, maybe we can continue the conversation or continue it on until lunch. This is a community, and we get to know each other and care for each other, including get to know fun things about summer. Okay, so take a look at this, at this picture, this image. All right, there's an image. Just take a look at it for a second. That's the first one. And I have a second one for you. There's the second one. Okay, now I just want you to just, just ponder for a moment. Think, just think to yourself, what, is, what do those two have in common? What do those two images have in common? All right? Just hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to it and in, in, a, in a few minutes as we, after we uh, look at our text. But our, our text today is from Matthew chapter 4. Jesus has been born, baptized, and now tempted by, by the evil one in the desert. And he's just beginning his first public ministry, public going around teaching, preaching, healing. This is the beginning of it in Matthew's gospel right here. And we pick it up in verse 17. I really appreciate it when we together as the people of God and the community speak God's word out together when we can. So I'm wondering if you would read this with me. And you can, uh, we'll read it out loud together. So ready, set, go. From that time, Jesus, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that didn't work so well together. All right, I guess I can look at the screens too. Here you go, ready, go. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, 
those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Thank you. Well done. You can see back there in the balcony, huh? Look at the screens now. Yeah, come on. Strong. Strong back there. You can hear back there too. So great. Okay. So this is the beginning of Jesus. This is the beginning of Matthew's account of Jesus' public ministry going around. And it begins with repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And then later on in verse 23, another little summary statement, Jesus goes around teaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is the kingdom of heaven? What is the good news of the kingdom? Well, you, you, I think you could take a class on that here as well, and I'm sure you could get a lot deeper, but we're going to give the, the, the short, short answer is this. The kingdom of heaven is the place where God reigns. The place where God is known and acknowledged as king and affirmed as king. And we see it just when someone really important comes into town or a president or a pope, everything kind of changes and there's order and people make space and, and things are, are aligned in, in relation to that important person. The kingdom of heaven is where God is the one orienting everything. God is the one where everything is organized around and he is rightly honored. The kingdom of heaven is the place where God's reigns. Well, Jesus comes onto the scene, and the first picture of him publicly saying anything, he's saying, I'm here. I've arrived to make known the reality that God is king. And actually, this is the good news of the gospel, of the kingdom, that in Jesus, God the king has arrived. In Jesus, God the king is here. That's what it means, the good news of Jesus here, beginning in Matthew. And then it starts, I think our passage gets to fill out, what does that mean? What does it mean that the God, the, God, the King, has arrived in Jesus, that the kingdom of heaven is near? What does that mean for us? I think we get some glimpses in this passage today of what that means. I think sometimes it's a little bit like the, the pictures we saw at the beginning. Remember those two pictures? Let's look at them again. See those images. Okay, there's one. There's a second one. There's a third one. What do those have in common? You have an idea? What? They're all Monet's? Well done. Someone knows their art in here. All right. What's that? Aiden, let's see it. They're all part of one painting. Do you see it? There's this section. There's that section up there. There's this section down here. I think in this room and in all of us in our journey with God, we start thinking about what is the gospel? What is the good news of the kingdom? And we get little glimpses. We get little squares. And it's a beautiful square. I mean, it's a Monet square. We can recognize this Monet. It's so great. It's beautiful. It's amazing. The good, it's good news. But I think what the good news of the kingdom maybe is bigger than our box. And maybe we get another box. We say, oh, wait, that box, is, that's really beautiful, too, and that's true, and that's good news. But maybe there's even more than that. Maybe there's a third and a fourth, and maybe the, the good news and our understanding of the good news, it's not that it's growing, it's our understanding of the good news of the kingdom of God, that Jesus, in Jesus, God the King has arrived. Maybe it grows as we see more clearly, and I think today's passage helps us do that. 
So let's just look at a couple of these things. So instead of choosing one or the other, instead of choosing one box or maybe another box, maybe it's both boxes. For example, the good news of the kingdom of God is that it's both for me and for everyone in the whole world. We don't have to choose. It's not just for me, nor is it just for fixing things out there. It's actually, what if it's for both? Jesus goes around and calls Peter individually, and James and John individually. He calls you individually, personally, by name, and the news spreads. And, and the, the language here, we, re, we had to read it, so all the different countries, right? It's, it's going everywhere. Syria, all the way up north, and Galilee, north, but a little further south, Decapolis, Gentile region, Judea, south, beyond the Jordan, east, everywhere. Everywhere. This message of the kingdom of God is for everyone, everywhere. Every different race, ethnicity, and gender, it's for everyone. It's for everyone as well as for me. It's both. All right, that's one. How about another one? The good news of the kingdom is both individual and a communal call. So Jesus goes and calls Peter and James and John, hey, come follow me individually. But he calls them to be part of the 12. He heals and touches individually one by one, heals them. Say, you're healed, you're healed. But then they become part of the crowd, the crowd that comes to worship and listen to Jesus together. Just like today, individually God meets us and together God meets us as his people. The kingdom news is bigger than just one of those. The good news of the kingdom coming in Jesus is that it's both spiritual and physical, both eternal and present, in other words, say it. Beginning, right? Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's eternal. That's eternal talk. Turn, turn away from sin and evil. Turn to God. Receive from God. Receive eternity from God and life from him now and forever. Eternal. It's eternal, but it's also physical. Jesus goes around physically touching and curing people and healing all kinds of diseases. The, the list, again, it's, it's, it's absurd how much they list here. Every disease, every sickness, Pains, diseases, diseases, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics. Clearly, Matthew's trying to get the point across. He's healing everyone physically, emotionally, spiritually. It's happening. So it's not just choosing one. Oh, Jesus just gets a ticket into heaven. Nor is it just Jesus cares about life on earth now physically. It's both. The good news of the kingdom is that God is making everything right in Jesus. Physically, spiritually, right now, later, God cares about it all, and in Jesus, he's addressing it all. And last one, although we could talk about so many more, the good news of the kingdom is that both Jesus does it all, and we have a real part to play. Do you see it? Jesus says, come, follow me. I'll make, I'll come, follow me, Peter, James. And Jesus, think of the main, the main character in the story. It's Jesus. He's the one calling. He's the one healing. He's the one doing all these many things. Jesus does it all. And yet, come follow me and I'll make you fish for people. Right? I'll make you fish for people. You have a part to play. You and I have a part to play in this story. As Jesus brings and moves and works in, in his good news of the kingdom at hand, he invites us to be a part of it. Y'all can come on up. Jesus is breaking us out of our narrow visions of the gospel to include this vast, rich reality of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is bigger than any, any one little square we have. That's one of the reasons why we can learn from each other. One of the reasons why we keep coming to Scripture again and again, whether we're 18 or 25 or 100, we keep coming because the good news of the gospel, there's more. 
God's goodness is more. The beauty of what God is doing in this world is more. He invites us to join him in that. And so the question is, will we? Will we be open to letting Jesus expand our understanding of the good news this year, this day, this week, this year? And would we then step in and say, yes, I'm in, to see it and to participate in it more and more? Let's stand and sing our closing song together. He brings the kingdom and he comes to set all things right and invites us to be part of it. So go from here knowing the king who is making all things right and trusting in him and his love by his spirit. I'm looking forward to a great year with y'all of growing this beauty of the goodness of the gospel together. And I hope you have a great week.